0: The Gators have picked up four crystal balls on A.J. Harris in the past week, so we'll talk about what that means for this team and the future. Gators basketball got a decommit. We'll break down how that plays into uh, this season immediately, and we'll take a look at the future of Florida Gators women's basketball only here on Locked on Gators.
1: You are Locked on Gators, your daily
0: podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before bet online is where the game starts happy thursday i'm brandon olson you can find me on twitter at wns underscore brandon you can find all my written work with whole nine sports that is w-h-o-l-e-n-i-n-e sports before getting into the content just gonna you, you get you know the drill by now you know like subscribe leave a comment review whatever it is let me know how i can make lockdown gators better for you and getting into today's content now we're talking about AJ Harris the five-star cornerback out of Alabama he is currently ranked the number 17 player in the nation he is the number two cornerback in the nation and he is the number two player in the state of Alabama he was in Gainesville this past weekend and this has been a, a, a trend with the Florida Gators recently since Billy Napier got hired really. And since he brought in Katie and then that whole awesome staff where Florida reportedly really nailed the visit and really connected with AJ Harris's family. That's something that is a trend with the staff and and that's something that they're going to keep focusing on because, because also I, I get it. A lot of people, think you know players don't care what their families think and there are players that don't care what their families think but there are also a lot of players who do care about their families and do care about what their family thinks whether it's close to home whether whether you think it's a good fit for them whether they get good vibes from the coaching staff and so Florida is just going you know what we don't know which player that will matter to which player won't matter to so we're just gonna do our darndest to hit the nail on the head every time with connecting with these families. And that's something that they have been just phenomenal at really since taking over. They, they've just been so great at connecting with these families and getting these families to buy into the program. During that visit this past weekend, uh, there, started, um, there was a whole lot of smoke. And, you know, the phrase, when there's smoke, where there's smoke, there's fire – that's what we're looking at here with A.J. Harris. There started being a whole lot of smoke as to whether or not A.J. Harris would leave Gainesville with a commitment. He did not leave Gainesville with a commitment, but I mean, he, right now he's got seven crystal balls attached to his name on 24 7. Four of them came this past Saturday, and all four were in favor of the Florida Gators, including some by a Knowles reporter. So there's not just Gators reporters going, bang, A.J. Harris coming in. No, this is a legitimate thing where... A lot of people think A.J. Harris is going to be a Florida Gator, and that's great. You know, Steve Wolfong, Zach Blostein, who is the Seminoles reporter, Jacob Rudner, and Blake Alderman all predicted A.J. Harris to Florida. And Jacob Rudner, this was his first ever crystal ball prediction on 24-7, so that's pretty cool. But uh, his first 24-7 prediction is A.J. Harris coming to the Florida Gators, which I hope happens. Um, I think it would be a phenomenal ad to bring A.J. Harris to Gainesville and have him be a Florida Gator. I think he'd be an awesome fit in this defense. You know, I've, I've spoke about him before a couple of times now where I think I think he'd be great with this defense. I think Patrick Tony's is going to be great. Corey Raymond, who's our cornerback's coach, is obviously a fantastic recruiter. He's obviously also a fantastic developer of talent at cornerback. So that's big when we talk about A.J. Harris. And obviously there's another name that we keep talking about, which is Kormani McLean, who is the corner in the class and i i don't think i would pick one over the other because i you guys know at this point i'm very much like i don't care too much about stars because there's so many players that are ranked very poorly or ranked two stars one star no stars guys and it's like guess what they end up going to the nfl because a lot of it is yes i feel like your stars help with your athletic ability more than anything else like that's where they show off more than anything else. But when, what you do with that matters. And so I don't have a preference for AJ Harris or Cormani McLean. I don't care which one or if both of them come here. I want at least one, that that's for sure. But uh, I don't pick one or the other. I don't care one or the other. But I do think that adding AJ Harris could hurt the chances to add Cormani McLean. And I think the same thing with Cormani McLean. If Cormani McLean comes over, I think that could hurt A.J. Harris's chance of coming to Gainesville. But again, I don't care. Either way, it's two five-star corners. I don't care about the rankings. They're wrong all the time. Martez Ivy. Hmm? So there, there's a whole bunch of things where players just, the rankings don't matter to me. And again, not that I have a stance on it, but I want to reasonable expectations because there is a ton of talent in this Florida Gators secondary right now. And there is a ton of young talent and by young talent i don't necessarily mean age-wise i mean in terms of eligibility remaining you've got jason marshall jr has a few years avery helm has a few years Jalen kimber's got time we've got a lot of people with a lot of eligibility remaining so there's a lot of young talent in the secondary right now so i'm just not sure how enticing it would be for coramore McLean in this case to come here if there's right now there's currently a logjam of talent which i don't think is a bad thing i'm of the uh of the belief that you can never have too many talented cornerbacks or too many talented defensive backs in general. So I'm like whatever, that doesn't matter to me that there's currently a logjam. Whoever's the best will will work their way in. But I do think that it certainly does uh hinder new talent from coming in which again is not an issue for me because I don't care who comes in I don't have a preference from the two but I will say that I think that it will play a part in Cormani McLean's decision to come to Gainesville if AJ Harris does commit to the Florida Gators and I mean speaking of commitments we're gonna get more into basketball recruiting talk but first let me paint a picture for you it's March 24th 2022 you picked the Baylor Bears to beat the Auburn Tigers, War Eagle makes no sense to me. By the way, in champion in the championship game, sound familiar? Yeah, um, I did that stupid thing too. That was that was me. Um, I, I was all in on that, but. I'm getting a second chance with Run Your Pool, and you can too at runyourpool.com slash locked on. You can get involved in a Sweet 16 bracket, which I'm sure I will lose immediately. Run Your Pool also offers squares pools, just like the Super Bowl, to keep things interesting every week of the tournament. Brackets bust, but the fun doesn't have to stop. They have options to edit scoring, and they offer more intel to help you make your picks clearly. I'm all in on Run Your Pool. We've run brackets and survivor contests ourselves this year. Claim your second chance at runyourpool.com slash locked on. Anybody else participate in March Madness and get ruined by it? Because that is me. Like I just said, I had Baylor beating Auburn, and guess where they are now? Home. Both of them in the championship game. So that's my experience with it. Stat Heroes NCAA single game pickums though, they pit star players against each other in a hybrid of fantasy and sports gambling. Stat Hero gives you the advantage resulting in their gamers winning 4 times more often because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery of who or what you're going against. Sign up for free right now at statherocom on and use promo code lockedon for a 100% deposit match. That is stathero.com slash locked on use promo code LOCKEDON, locked on L O C K E D no space O N for a 100% deposit match terms and conditions may apply. Thanks again for making lock that gate is your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast, getting into basketball recruiting. Now it's something that I visited a little bit recently, but, uh, Things happened yesterday, Malik or two days ago, Malik Renault, uh, the five-star power forward that was committed to the university of Florida under Mike White decommitted from Florida. And that, that kind of surprised me, but I'm not upset about it. It kind of surprised me because he was the highest ranked recruit for 2022 under Mike White. Of course, he was a five-star. And when Mike White left, um, I was like, you know, I, I think Malik Renault would come before we even named Todd Golden. I was like, I think that this isn't going to be an issue. Um, I was wrong, egg on my face. It wouldn't shock me if Malik flipped to Georgia, but I I think he would have been a great, albeit limited, fit with the Florida Gators. Um he, he can score around the rim, but he isn't a great shooter. And that's something that we've kind of discussed a bit when we look at uh when we look at this Todd Golden system. So I think that's what we talk about. But yeah, Malik Renault, he he can score around the rim. He's not a great shooter. We know Todd Golden Cares about those around the rim twos and the catch and shoot threes. That and that those, those two options are going to be a huge majority of Florida's shots in this coming season. So that kind of already limits Malik Renault a little bit to just the around the rim role, uh, around the rim role R O L E role, role um, to, and keeps him away from the catch and shoot threes part. Florida does currently have Jalen Reed. And Denzel Aberdeen with signed letters of intent, but again, so to Malik Renault. And they both seem like good fits, though. That's my thing. Malik Renault, he seemed like he would be a great player here, but a, a limited fit. Whereas both Jalen Reed and Denzel Aberdeen, they, they seem like very good fits here. Because you can look at Jalen Reed, which also is weird that Malik Reno and Jalen Reed were both committed. That they're both power forwards, and I feel like that's a very weird thing given that college basketball is so frequently a one and done or two and done sport. I feel like it'd, it'd be weird to commit to a school that already has a player at your position. But hey, whatever, man. I'm not, I'm not here to do that. But Jalen Reed is a much better fit for a Todd Golden offense. Jalen Reed is a stretch four type of player that he could space the floor and he could be available for catch-and-shoot threes. Because like I've said with Todd Golden, we're going to see a lot of five-out, a lot of four-out, one-in. If you have four shooters and Jalen Reed playing center at that point, then he can space the floor, and he can also be the guy that works the inside, the 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 around-the-rim twos role, where a lot of times that's going to be a guard that's going to drive. That's going to be the point guard or whoever is ball handler there. And they're going to drive if we're in a five out, but we can go four out, one in and have Jalen Reed be that post score. And I think that's important, but I mean, so he he can fit both roles, although the around the rim scoring type will certainly need some kind of development if he's going to start creating his own shot around the rim, because we can look at him as a ball handler and he and he's okay. He's he's not a great ball handler before a big man. He's, he's an all right ball handler. Um, but I don't expect him to be asked to do that too much. I think he's going to be more of that spot up three or work in the work in the low post kind of role, which is fine. I have no problem with that. But uh, I, I think around the rim, he's certainly he's got some space to improve. And again, he's a high school kid coming into college, so I don't expect him to be refined. But yeah, I think he needs to develop his his post work, whether it's the footwork or maybe we're just spoiled from watching Colin Castleton for a bit, but. Jalen Reed, he he can be that around the room guy, but we need him to work on that just, just a smidge. But then we look at Denzel Aberdeen, and Denzel Aberdeen is someone that I am so excited for to be a Florida Gator. I, I hope that he doesn't decommit. I hope he stays by because he is someone that I think will be a perfect fit for Todd Golden, and I think Todd Golden is going to love him. Capital L, capital O, capital V, capital E. I think Todd Golden is going to love Denzel Aberdeen. Denzel Aberdeen is a combo guard. He does need to improve his jumper. He does need to improve his jumper. There's no doubt about that. He shot 31% in his senior year of high school, which I don't think is a bad percentage at all. But uh, life's going to get a little harder in college to shoot. So if he can keep that 31%, I think we'd be ecstatic early on. Um, I don't expect him to become Ray Allen overnight, but you know, we, we'd like for him to improve that three point jump for a little bit, maybe just clear up the shot selection. And again, a big part of this offense is to get him uh, open shots, is to get everybody open, catch and shoot threes. So that's going to be important. But Denzel Aberdeen is someone who right now is a 31% shooter, and I'm, I'm fine with that if he can keep that. Uh, Aberdeen does. Uh, like to attack the basket, I'll say. He gets to the foul line a good amount of time, which, which is big here because, you know, when I've spoken about it multiple times now with Todd Golden. He likes players that get to the free throw line. Maybe not get to the free throw line a lot per se, but that they get to the free throw line a lot considering how often they shoot or relative to how often they shoot. And that's Denzel Aberdeen. You look at the free throw rate, which is your free throws attempted divided by your field goals attempted. And Todd Golden has said that he has a threshold for this number. Uh, he wants your free throw rate to be about 35 to 40%. And and that's a good free throw. I, I thought that was kind of high. I thought he was going to say like 20 something, but he wants the free throw rate to be 35 to 40%. There are going to be players below that. They're going to be players above that, above that. Denzel Aberdeen falls right there. He's got a 36% free throw rate Again, that is not how, that's not your free throw percentage. That is how often you get to the line relative to how much you shoot the basketball in general. Here was another big stat where Denzel Aberdeen really hit the nail on the head here. And, and by this one, I mean, I mean, he demolished this one. Uh, Todd Golden, he didn't give specific numbers for what you would want to an effective field goal percentage to be. And I think the reasoning for that is because it's very hard to just give a number given how different players are, like how different players' play style are, considering that it weights two-point field goals and three-point field goals differently. So obviously it's going to skew one way or another depending on a play style. So I think that's why he didn't give a specific number. But he did say 44% was a good number to hit, it, just given the example that he showed. So you said 44% was a good number to hit of your effective field goal percentage. If you don't know what effective field goal percentage is, that is your field goals made plus your, and then you put parentheses, uh, 0.5 times three-point field goals made divided by your field goals attempted. It's it's an annoying thing, but that's what it is. So that's what we're rolling with. So the effective field goal percentage for Denzel Aberdeen is 55%, which like I said, Todd Golden said that 44% was a good number. So Denzel Aberdeen blows that number out of the water, which just makes me so much more excited for him because Denzel Aberdeen, he's a combo guard. He's going to have multiple roles. And Jalen Reed is a stretch four or five that is also going to have multiple roles. So both of these guys, if they come to Florida, they're already perfect scheme fits. And I spoke yesterday, Kawasi Reeves and Niles Lane, both perfect scheme fits here. So there's a lot to like here where you can have four of these guys on the court at once with some transfers or whatever it may be, where you can have uh, Niles Lane, Denzel Aberdeen, Jalen Reed, and Kwasi Reeves all on the court at the same time because, yes, uh, Jalen Reed is more of a rebounding type or he he's the big man and Niles Lane is a four, but you can have them both on because Jalen Reed can space the floor better. So Niles Lane can be that around the rim scorer there. And there, there's a lot to look at here and a lot to be excited about with this Florida Gators men's basketball team. But I'm also excited about the Florida Gators women's basketball team, which I'm about to get into. But first, just a quick word from Bilt Bar, because it is spring break. I am less than three months away from vacation now. So diet time, which is just like diet me is miserable, just so you know. (laughs) Off air. I'm sure I'm miserable to listen to at all times. But off air, diet me is miserable because I have such a sweet tooth. It's bad. Uh, built bar is how I do that because built bar is already coated in 100% chocolate. Most bars have just 130 calories and just four net carbs, which always the biggest thing for me. Along with 17 grams of protein. Throw out the hidden stashes, the Reese's in the desk drawer, the Kit Kat in the cupboard, the Skittles in the pantry. I don't care what terms you want to use. Just get rid of your get rid of your secret stash. There, built bar is the way to go. Built Bar is always coming out with new, limited-time flavors, so you'll never get bored. You don't got to feel bad or feel like you're cheating on your diet. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, locked one to get 15% off of your next order with Built or BuiltBar.com. All right, and welcome back to the Locked On Gators podcast. I am joined by Howard McDowell from The Next and... Going to be the Locked On Women's Basketball Podcast starting April eleventh, five days a week. You know how it is with Locked On; it's your team every day. It is a pleasure to have you here, Howard.
1: It's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Of
0: course, I'm so excited. More women's basketball content is that—that's for me. I—I I, I love being able to do it. And uh, I mean, you were just at the UConn game or the UCF game in Connecticut. For Florida, and just what was your experience like there, and how is that?
1: Well, it's really interesting. There's kind of multiple ways to look at it. One is you say, All right, well, Florida lost, and clearly the daters are not where central Florida is at this point. And what uh, Katie Abraham, Abramson Henderson has done is nothing short of uh, miraculous over at UCF. Uh, but that said, what Florida has built out of what is un undoubtedly a year of adversity is really significant. And, you know, while that didn't go their way, uh, they had everything running against them, you know, to, to lose three different players in the last couple of weeks of the season, including your leading scorer and try and make the best of it is significant. But so too is the run they had from mid-January right through March.
0: Yeah, that, that to me is like one of the things where with everything that happened with the coaching change that happened right before the season with the Uh, lackluster start to the year for the game you know they played NC State early on and and got crushed in that one and it was a little rough for them at times and to turn it all around and losing Lavender Briggs to injury and then transfer and and the injuries that they saw throughout it was just an insane year for me Like, like it was the perfect first women's basketball season for me to cover and and Coach Kelly Ray Finley has just I mean, she she did a ton here, and I know you got to speak with her. Luckily, luckily for you, you got to speak with her a little bit. And nah, I'm, like I said, I'm infinitely jealous of that. But what do you think of her first year, and how is she, or how can she, kind of attack this first off season?
1: Well, so I went into the weekend, I would say, equivocating on whether I thought it made sense to reward her with the contract extension that the daters did. And and when you're covering from afar, you could say, geez, well, you know, she just took over this program. They had a terrific month and a half, but is that enough for you to say the way they did on February 28th that she is our answer long term? Well, you spend a little time around that team and you just immediately see they're in lockstep. I, I've covered a lot of teams through the years. And one of the things that tells me the most about how effectively a coach is coming through to her players is does the language link up do you hear the players speaking in the way the coach does and the coach in the way the players do and you very much do that with the florida daters at this point point. and you just there was a clear connection there so she she was speaking and you know for those who may not know when you're doing a post impressor at the ncaa tournament how it works is coach would give an opening statement Questions are asked of players and then questions are asked of the coach and the players are dismissed when it's time for the coach to speak. Well, uh, Zippy just stood right there and said, I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Nina Richards, same thing. And they were listening. And when coach Finley was talking about the way the year had gone, it was almost call and response. She's saying it. And they were nodding in rhythm. There was just a clear connection there. And so when I think about, What you want in a coach, when you discover somebody who's able to connect with their players and listen, Telly Ray Finley doesn't have to explain herself to anybody. She's been an assistant in loads of different places. She has the type of record that would lead you to think this person's ready to be a head coach. Well, you understood immediately why Florida rewarded her the way they did. Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I just can't get over how awesome, how awesome it is that it's here. Like, I am so excited. You mentioned Zippy Broughton and Nina Rickards. And I, everybody that listens to this show knows that I absolutely love them. I love Nina Rickards with Zippy Broughton and Digan And I mean, it sucks that she wasn't able to play in the tournament game. But Kiki Smith, who we did lose for the end of the season or at the end of the season for the remainder of the season, Uh, Can you give us a a brief insight as to what she could bring to the table as a pro? Because I know you guys start April 11th and that's WNBA draft day.
1: Well, so T.T. obviously does a lot of things well. Uh, T.T. is somebody who has the potential to stretch the floor, uh, can score at all three levels, you know, a terrific passer as well. Uh, It is extraordinarily difficult to make a WNBA roster. And so you know, whether she gets selected in the third round or if she ends up getting an invitation to training camp, she'll have a chance to show what she can do. And then if she gets that opportunity, well, Coach Finley talked about that she was just a singular presence on this team and in this program. She was somebody who was always there for her teammates. She was someone who was always able and willing to go above and beyond. And that's very significant. And that tells me that if she gets the opportunity to get into a camp, well, sometimes the best laid plans these teams have get upended. So that's her best chance is that she brings that value add as a person. Yeah. I mean, obviously the knee injury
0: doesn't help, which we don't even fully know the extent of what that recovery will be like, but I mean the commentators were even calling her coach Kiki on the sideline after she injured her knee because she was right there trying to help Zippy Brutton through running the offense. Uh, But now that we've talked about Kiki's future, let's talk about the future of the Florida Gators women's basketball program. And who are the the focal points for you, the building blocks for this team?
1: Well, I mean, Zippy and Nina are. It's not an accident that Florida brought them to the post-impressor, right? And Zippy is somebody I've been impressed with, you know, since she began actually at Rutgers in our neck of the woods, you know, up here in the Northeast. Zippy is somebody who. And, and she talked about it post game that her next step is to become an elite decision maker. The athleticism is there. The playmaking ability is there. It's just a question of how do you limit the turnovers? How do you maximize the assists? And then, uh, you know, I, I, I asked uh, Coach Finley about who you bring in. And essentially, it's trying to build on uh, the program that you have there. But in many ways, it's going to have to be a two year process. Right. You know, they weren't in on some of the top 100 folks, in part because recruiting a top 100 player requires a multi-year buy-in. And so you're late to the party in that way. And so it'll be really interesting to me, not to, not to see what this recruiting class is, but to see what next year's recruiting class is. And from there, we're going to be able to get a sense of linking up, what does Coach Finley do on the court and in the locker room, both of us are really important. And what does she do in terms of the talent she's bringing in? You need all of that in order to compete in a power five conference. Um, but I, I, I think she's capable. I'm really eager to see what she does.
0: Yeah. And uh, you mentioned this year's recruiting class and there's just two signees right now. It, it's a, a combo guard out of Norman, Oklahoma. And who's like, reminds me of like a, like a Kiki Smith White, Like she, does all the scoring. She's a ball handler distributor. She can rebound. She's an aggressive defender, especially in the passing lanes. And then mm-hmm. there's a 6-1 forward coming from Germany. But one thing that I want to go back to really quickly is that you mentioned with Zippy that her biggest thing right now is is trying to become that that play creator, the passer, just being able to make those decisions. And I, I don't know if I just took this away myself or if there's something you took away also, but during the UCF game, is it just me or did it feel like she was kind of struggling, especially with that 1-2-2 two, two that UCF runs?
1: Well, here's what I will say. Everyone struggles with UCF's defense. UCF had the best defensive points per possession in the country. So yeah, I've heard a lot of people say UConn's not going to win a national championship because they only scored 52 points against UCF. Everybody struggles against UCF. You could put a team of all-stars together, uh, against uh, a Coach Abe team, and I think they'd struggle to score 70 points. So that's less of an indicator for me. Yes, I agree with you. Absolutely. But the bigger indicator for me, and I, you know, I went back to double-check this number before, this past year, her assist percentage was 17.2%. Her turnover percentage was 16.8%. For an elite playmaker, you want that assist percentage really a minimum 30%. And you want that turnover percentage below 15 at a minimum, and ideally lower even than that. Uh, that's where she was at Rutgers her final season. You know, it's 23 assists, 12.4 turnover percentage. It's there. It's in her. It's just a question of making sure, and, and this is what Coach Finley talked about, we're going to take her to point guard school this summer. You know, she's clearly got the, the basic skills to be able to do it. It's just a question of turning those skills into on-court display on a regular basis. I I think she's got an inner, though. I'm very optimistic about Zippy.
0: I I love that. I'm I'm optimistic for this upcoming season and the future of Florida Gators women's basketball under Coach Kelly Ray Finley. Thank you so much, Howard, for joining the show. We'll have you back on. we we got big plans for this women's basketball season coming up. But uh, make sure to catch Howard with the next and the Locked On Women's Basketball podcast, which is getting – Revved up again April 11th, run by the next, and it's going to be very exciting.
1: It's awesome, Brandon. Looking forward to all of it.
0: Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day, we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more on your Florida Gators. Now make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight. An analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices such as where will Damian Pierce, Kyrie Elam, Zachary Carter, Jeremiah Moon wind up? Listen to Lockdown NFL Draft to find out. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all my written work with Whole9Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. And I will see you all tomorrow.